0: All right, we're here, we're live, uh, episode seven, it took a, a little extra time, and, you know, we've transitioned to a different place now. Is this
1: really different,
0: though? I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty good transition. But does it feel different? Um, It, it was kind of the uh, place I wanted to be, let's put it that way. And we started this thing a little prematurely, and we've had great success, so... Uh, It's good to be uh, in a location where I know every week it's going to be without having to move things around. So to give a little background, uh, we've transitioned to my office space that we originally started at my house. And every podcast we did, we had to tear down and (laughs) set back up. Well, I didn't, but the team did. So,
1: Do you remember when we first started talking about this? First, it was we were going to do it in this room in the office, then we were going to build a spot and back, and then we were going to enclose a whole spot and back, and then we got a a, a figure on how much it was going to cost. We were like, no so, way. So what no we what,
0: what we learned about this podcast, the probably first learning curve was do not build a podcast during COVID times. No,
1: no, because the price is going to be triple.
0: <laughs> like like the price
1: just to put in like a wall and like a ceiling and a couple other things was what it should cost to build like a small dwelling? Yeah, we <laughs> could we
0: could have built a structure for oh, that for
1: sure. We could have built a, a structure. We could have put in concrete floor. We could have ran electric for all that they wanted to do to put a little bit of, do a little bit of work back
0: there. Yeah, so you know, I have a I have a space that I've utilized uh, first for the clothing. Uh, as a lot of you guys know, that follow me for quite some time, I had a clothing business that I was selling T-shirts out of my garage. It's funny because Larry was just here, who used to be my personal assistant, and he's the one that kind of helped me start um, the whole Cutler Athletics branding and Swole Monkey and all that, which you see actually behind you a little bit. Yeah. But uh, we started in the garage. You know, I always have this kind of joke about, you know, I was making a million bucks a year selling T-shirts out of my garage when no one else was. This is prior to any clothing brand that launched out that you see in the, in the yeah. circuit today. And uh, we used to pack and ship the orders. I had friends over helping me, and uh, I eventually needed to switch that uh, because, you know, I started to kind of outgrow my garage. So I I got a place that I actually thought about doing retail at for a while, and then we talked about doing a gym, and, you know, and then I was housing. You know, it's basically my, uh, my Cutler Nutrition, you know, spot where I was doing a lot of business out of, and I had, you know, pallet racks in here and in the back in the smaller warehouse. And then, you know, that transition to have a bigger warehouse out in Pennsylvania. So now uh, we needed to utilize the space. And it was one of those suggestions that, Hey, let's, why don't don't we set up a studio here?
1: And since, since we our original conversations, think of how much time we spent looking and doing this and this and this and this and and filming at your house. And now it's full circle, right back to where we started. (laughs) (laughs) We could have just started it right here. But for whatever reason, we took the long way.
0: But it's a learning process. That's the amazing thing is like, you know, you think you have all the necessities Mm -hmm. and then we slowly keep adding.
1: I I don't like, um, I know with a lot of things in life, people just look for professionals immediately, like go go pay this guy to do this or go hire this person. I always want to understand what's going on. And by us doing it this way, we've slowly learned on our own. How to build a studio up, how to tear it down. Well, I learned how to tear it down, and the little different pieces that we needed to order. And now,
0: here we are. Yeah, and we learned definitely out of the gate also not to use a, a Mac, a, a Mac Air. Air for the first two. Yeah, because so just, we looked like Max Headroom with the yeah. It was <laughs> a little a, delayed, as you some of yeah. you guys that have followed us um, on YouTube, you know, not necessarily for our uh, for our listeners. Yeah. But for our viewers, you noticed that uh, it was a little slow, and that was the issue in the beginning. Yeah, and then we moved up. You bought, um, you know, a laptop. We we went over it. You wouldn't believe I was actually bringing the computers in to get uh, a bigger drive in (laughs) there. And we just—it was all they get sent the wrong one, and then it was just because you you have two,
1: you have two uh, desktops at home. Yeah, so you're like, okay, well, this up. Oh, let's upgrade the ram on this one so we look it up and we order the ram but then for some reason you decided to take the other one in and we sent the ram to them and they're like this is the wrong ram and i'm like i ordered the right one you're yeah. like oh we decided to put this computer here so then we ordered that and we sent we sent the ram back and then we uh i think we bought more ram for that we other bought computer, another one and they're was, like you can't upgrade the ram on this one yeah <laughs> so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go get a new uh, macbook pro
0: and we're calling it a day <laughs> So for you guys out there that are looking to start a podcast, which I always, I think it's awesome. I think anyone at any level, and and like, you know, we've we've built up obviously a lot of following now out of the gate, but it's definitely not as fast as, you know, JTV, YouTube, that I've been doing since 2008. And, uh, you know, we've just reached 500,000 subscribers. How does that, just think about that. How does that make you... Like, you're kind of a YouTuber now. No, you know what? You know what, though? We started with, like, I want to say I had, like, 50,000 when I we started utilizing it with Dave. And all the other, you know, places he was doing videos, they kind of, they disappeared. And, you know, I said, why don't you just work the J t- channel, the J Cutler TV channel? And uh, we started featuring, you know, myself on there. And then, of course, that transitioned to having other people on, and now we've kind of migrated back to doing mostly my content uh which we still we will feature some collabs with other people but it was a big milestone for us to reach 500 I mean a hundred thousand was big and then you know we we kind of crept as we get up past four hundred thousand it seems like it slowed down because I remember we would talk about it and we were getting thousands of s- subscribers Two or 3, a, day. Thousand a day yeah And it's just about consistent content. And honestly, I kind of fell off a little bit because of, you know, traveling and COVID and other things. I just didn't, I wasn't in the mood to shoot. And, you know, these days, you know, sometimes I think, you know, my life is busy and, you know, I don't know if this is the greatest content to shoot. But what I'm learning is that every move I make, it seems to be something that people want to see on film. And, you know, we always kind of talk about suggestions on, you know, what people would like to see. And we think the off, you know, kind of the crazy uh, shock, value. shock value videos seem to do the best, which I don't know if I'm necessarily a shock value guy. No, I, I don't think you are. Um, like, you don't do like, like a crazy like, eating challenges. Yes. Yeah, so, so if it's like I ordered the whole menu at Cheesecake Factory or I <laughs> yeah. got kicked out of Planet Fitness, which everyone did, um, I'm not getting kicked out of any gyms, you know, I don't go in and cause havoc with a lot of places, but what is unique is that we travel to a lot of different places and we talked about on some of these episodes, we, we fall into some funny situations, but what I'm learning is, is to have a camera with me at all times because yeah. document every movement, especially the trips. And that's something definitely, uh, once we get through all this time, I think we're going to be able to kind of get on track with doing.
1: Yeah. I think if you, if you have a camera, that's just always around and sometimes it's just a small B roll stuff that people wouldn't, you know that you wouldn't think to film. Sometimes some crazy magic comes from those just yeah and and spots.
0: and I always talk about me being an introvert and having to learn to, you know, be a people person and be in front of a camera and mm-hmm. and you know be someone that speaks even when I so a lot of times you know I like to be kind of quiet so you have to learn how to, you know, be that person and you know I guess you would call me a YouTuber or, or influencer. You're a YouTuber, or, yeah. Yeah, you know what makes an influencer? That's that's my question. Oh, uh, that's a that's a that's a long answer. Because I think question. I've transitioned from, you know, I I, I sometimes people call me a, a, a fitness influencer instead of like a you know because you know the the accolades don't aren't the only thing people so recognize I, you
1: for now. I think a lot of times when I think of just a fitness influencer is just somebody who doesn't, and I could be wrong for thinking this way who doesn't have the hardware, they don't have the accolades, they don't have the world titles, they don't have the long resume, but something about them influences you know the masses. Like I'll use like a Mike Rashid for example. He's not Mr. Olympia. He doesn't have the the big world titles, but he has found an angle. He's found a void that was missing from the people with the titles and he went at it hard and he's had great success with that. So I look at that as kind of more of an influencer. To where you have, you had the the world titles, you had the Olympias, the Arnolds, you, you had the resume, and then you started, you know, because of those, because of the, that resume, you influence people just from that.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I look back at the early videos, mm-hmm. and I think that is early social media, like, that yeah. was an outlet. We were just, we were just
1: cleaning out the back of the warehouse the other day, and we came across box after box after box after box of just... DVDs. You were supposed to pull those videos. I know. I, out. I was I forgot. <laughs> yeah. How many? How many? Uh, how many DVDs have you done?
0: So, I started in '99, and I think I launched about six or seven total. Mm-hmm. But I did one in '99. I finished it in 2000. I did one in 2003. Was the next one. Mm-hmm. I did 2004. Then I did 2005, leading into 2006 Olympia, and then I did uh, the 2000. Six to seven for the second title. Uh, and then I'd launched All Access, which was documenting 2008, which I lost. And then I did Undisputed, which was 2009. And then I did My House in Between a little bit just as a uh more So, it, a so when you did
1: those... Like, what, what was the process? You know, you you hire somebody to produce the whole DVD. Like, you pay X amount per DVD. It's a really and-
0: good question because there was this guy, Mitsuro Kabi, at the time. And he was, um, he was an a- Asian guy that, you know, he was a fan. He was a competitor. And he came up with this concept as, like, he wanted to be a filmmaker or whatever. So he had a deal with us. Uh, he would shoot, you know, the top. You know, the the most popular guys. He had the battle for the Olympia. Yeah, he did the battle for the Olympia. So, you know, you re, that was kind of the same kind of filming style. But what he would do is he would, you know, film the guys um, and basically cover all the costs. He would come to you and shoot whatever, five, six days, whatever each body part, he would come and spend time for each body part. So it was like he came out, let's say you train five or six different body parts. It would be five or six days. And he would separate those or he'd stay two days in a row, but never would he stay like the whole week and shoot a DVD. Sometimes, maybe for Ronnie Coleman, but for me, he kind of migrated back and forth. I would take a break, I would shoot two ep- episodes, two body parts, and then he would come back the next week and we'd get lifestyle in between and show the cars and the you know, come in my house and the dogs and the food and put compile it all together for like seven hour seven hours of footage. He would edit it down, take a few months, and then when we would release it. I would give him rights to sell certain places, and then he would allow me to sell, mm-hmm. like, direct. So I would get ad space in the magazines. Remember, this is before the internet. So I would have an ad space, and I would actually market that video through uh, Flex Magazine or Muscular Development, and, uh, you know, that's how it how kind of how started. Many, uh, what would you sell? Like, how many? I'd lost count, but I know when I got popular, not not necessarily cut above, which was my first, but... New and improved and beyond uh, was the second one. The third one was ripped to shreds, um, and the fourth one was uh, one step closer, and then the fifth one was J to Z. I remember. I mean, I know one one DVD I sold a quarter million dollars worth the first week that I released it. Wow, I mean they're forty bucks a piece. Yeah, and, and, it,
1: and you had to you had to plan how many you buy because you have to press them up and, and get basically.
0: Them Basically, my cost was the cost of the packaging. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to pay Mitzer because I gave him some rights. So, I mean, I think I would pay, you know, two and change for the DVD itself with the printing and everything. So the margins were there, and we would sign copies. We'd send them all over the world. Yeah, And uh, that's how I kind of started, you know, the early social media. And I have to give credit to that because I let people in my life. That's one thing. If someone's listening or watching this podcast and and want to be something in fitness, I would say that you have to let people in your life in order to be uh, relatable. Does that make sense? Of course. I mean, because then they feel like they know. They know. Oh, and doing those food runs or going to the supermarkets, how I prep my food, uh, what kind of foods I ate, you know, hanging out with the dogs, your spouse, you know, with, you know, Carrie was in a lot of the videos the cars I drove, the the nature of which I took the weights on and off the equipment. It was so important for people to see. Yeah. And how I stacked the plates and every rep motion. Remember, that's the first time people got to see that. Because you movement. couldn't see, you can't
1: see movements no, in a magazine.
0: Magazines don't come alive, and it was very few and far between. If something was on about bodybuilding on ESPN2 or American Muscle Magazine, it was very limited. You had a, yeah. like, I remember looking at the TV guide and, and wondering, okay, when is this coming up? And used to mark the calendar as like, oh, I, I'm going to see American Muscle. And they would showcase some of the shows in California. That's why it was everyone's dream to move to California. Maybe that's why I still have that that heart for California, you yeah. know, living in Vegas. And, you know, I still talk about going out there all the time.
1: Do, we, do you have all your DVDs online where people can stream them? I have them on JTV, I, most I, of them. I remember about, oh, this was about five years ago when I went into the back end of JTV and I was going through and finding how many people had ripped it and posted it online. And yeah, you it took, helped me with that. Oh, my God. I, I bet you I spent two months, five, six times a day because it's, it's, a, it's a long process. You can't just click it and delete it. You have to click it, report it, and then you have to fill out this whole thing. Who owns the rights to this? Their contact information, their this, 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 this. You know, it, it was a big process. And then you'd have to submit it. And then they would sometimes take three or four or five days, even a week, to come back and say, we've removed this. Yes, you own the rights. And then once you've done it enough, it, they started doing it within like 48 hours.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because if you counted how many DVDs I have in the back warehouse, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. They're just they're just stocked up there. I wish there was a
1: way we could do something with them.
0: Well, I mean, we could give them out to people, I'm sure. You know, I could do it with orders do or whatever else. Do people still else, have DVD players? That's the point. That's the, <laughs> absolutely. I was just going to say that. Yeah. When they just came, the guys next door do audio, yeah, and they just came to my house and replaced all my, like, updated my system, you know, because it was it was older, and they're like, "Do you really want to keep this DVD player?" You know, I had like a Blu-ray player, right? Yeah, and I'm like, "Man, I don't can't remember the last time." And I have DVDs in my theater. Behind the door, there's you have like, random DVDs back here yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. We we're looking like I Matrix think there were and, porns stuff. and stuff. Yeah. There was you yeah. had porn in there. You
1: had the Matrix. You had video games. I'm like, why don't we throw this out? You're like, no, keep it there. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I had your madden- porn. I had your madden- porn was on a VHS. Can <laughs> <laughs> you even buy a VHS player anymore? Who the hell? Who has? Who has? I don't even. I don't
0: it's know. like having an eight track. You know, a Betamax. <laughs> Yeah, everything used to be on cassettes. I mean, we talked about that. I mean, it's just how the transition is just crazy, man. And uh, we still, we still, I still think you need to do
1: a do a modern, uh, a documentary, the next one, and just put it on Netflix. We'll see what it does there.
0: Yeah, I think going back to Mass and going to see my family where I grew up and interviewing my brothers and asking them what it was like to see me transition and get there into you know, my dad actually did that with all access they interviewed my dad and they're like you know what what do you what do you you know are you proud of your son and my dad fired back you know he was a spitfire my dad and he's like uh I'm proud of all my sons yeah you know he didn't want to single me out you know because yeah. my all my brothers you know I got three other brothers and you know he was all proud of them so for him it was uh you know f- the crazy background of growing up and I'd like you to see where I grew up sometime some because it was uh, yeah. it's very humble beginnings. No one ever leaves. You know, my goal was to become a police officer probably in that town. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of guys become firefighters. Mo- most guys start construction businesses. My brother owns, owns a concrete business. So, you know, for us, like, we had great success in the town and surrounding, and the reputation's strong, but it's just the East Coast just didn't fit my yeah. – my goals of bodybuilding. You know, why do people want to migrate west? Mm-hmm. The weather, right? Of course. I mean, it's always, it seemed like everything was... I, I, I still, I prefer small towns. I, you know, I've lived in the biggest cities in
1: the world and all over the world. I know,
0: but why are you in Las Vegas then? It's a
1: good question. Another, I'll, I'll be here for a certain amount of time and I will eventually... Go back to a small place in the mountains and just live a quietly. Because Las Vegas I feel is like a it's like a crazy city, man. It is and it isn't. You know, like like everyone thinks of Las Vegas and they always think of the casinos, the nightclubs and all that, but that's that's over there. Like I've I've been to the strip one time. Well right right next to Raider Stadium, right there. I just I don't that doesn't that's not what draws me here. If outside of that area where the strip is, it's like living in a suburb here. Yeah. Think just think of it like this: Remove the casinos, and like the high rises. There, is there any other five story buildings in town that aren't a casino, or a hotel, or some type of condo?
0: Yeah, I mean they're out. Yeah, outs. It's yeah. just
1: it's suburbs. Every everything is suburbs. So it's Vegas is a little different than your typical large city, but I still prefer the the smaller towns. But do
0: you still wake up and and think like, wow, I live in Vegas. Um, maybe in the beginning, the I first still, interior. to this day, 20 years later, still am are excited that at my fingertips and don't, don't judge me. Cause I don't necessarily go do all this, but yeah. I can have like, do anything I want, eat at any restaurant, yeah, you know, and, uh, entertainment, you know, sporting events shows. Yeah. It makes it so easy if you want to entertain someone or people come to town, like there's just the top amenities
1: in the world are here. They're at your fingertips. And we
0: talk about the Olympia and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about the Arnold Classic coming up here during this episode, but like the, this is ideal for Olympia. It's ideal for it shows. And someone has a question about that. One of our questions we're going to ask about the Olympia. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get to that down the road here.
0: Yeah. So, you know, for, for the, the go back to the DVD stuff, um, A lot of my greatest memories come from the DVDs, like putting them together. What stands out? Is there something that stands out? The dogs. I actually sat and watched, uh, I watched um, J to Z the other day and I was watching, you know, I currently live in, you know, my dream home Mm -hmm. and it was before I put my pool in the backyard and I, you know, Scrappy Trace and Bodie were in the backyard and it was before I put that in and I was like, man, I was reflecting back and I was looking at how big I was and Walking into Gold's Venice, I was using 170-pound dumbbells. And the climb up was just, it's its unimaginable when you, when you start from, like, where I came from mm-hmm. and you make it to the top. And I was watching, you know, building that house and working with the designer was actually in that video. And I was just so excited to have everything that I ever dreamed of having. Yeah. And I was a world champion at the same time. And I watched myself cook the food over and over, and I watched how I trained, and I watched how programmed I was. And what I miss a little bit is the structure of that. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone that was on the top and lived that bodybuilding lifestyle will tell you that the structure was was the most beneficial thing, like to eat, sleep, train, cut yourself from a lot of activities to be successful and to have it pay off. Because remember, I, I suffered in the beginning, not so much great success. Mm -hmm. And that transitioned into being, you know, second best and then, you know, winning Arnold classics and then becoming the best bodybuilder in the world. And I can tell you that probably still one of the greatest moments of my life was winning that Olympia the first time Mm -hmm. because everything flashes in front of you and you're just like, wow, I I actually won this thing. And you hit the pinnacle. Yeah. And, you know, and like you think that you're popular and you think that, you're successful and then you win that title and it just catapults you to the stratosphere of like beyond what you could ever imagine. And everywhere I went and you were there, you know, you were booking events for me back then. And you know, it was just so easy. Right. And it still is, it's still, but, but when you're Mr. Olympia, like I try to think about how Rami is now, like when he walks everywhere, like he is so in demand. So if there was, if there was still guest posing these days, I didn't have one free weekend, zero, not one, because I was booked to get to actually get on stage and pose, and that was was exciting because it kept me motivated to train harder and stay in great shape, and that's what you know made me train and do these DVDs. You know, I was excited to show, and I challenged Ronnie Coleman indirectly with the DVDs every year because we he were, had them too. He was going back and forth, so we released videos, and the funny thing is, is Mitchell would shoot his. And then he'd shoot mine or vice versa. So he would report to me because there was no social. Yeah. So I'm like, how's Ronnie looking? (laughs) You know, because I'd see him at a few guest spots and then we'd have a break for like three months or whatever that I did not see him. We weren't booked to every single event together, but I was able to hear the reports. And that was exciting for me. Like that suspense was a little better. And today I think it's kind of ruined with social media. Yeah. And... You know, we we talk about like what makes someone great on social media. Like I know we talked about it in the last episode, but Chris Bumstead, I, I look at his engagement and look what he's putting yeah. out there, look how he's training. And I don't know if there's anyone doing it better right now in in that realm from the bodybuilding side. From the bodybuilding side, just from the outside
1: looking in, and, and I know some people probably get upset when I say this. He's the most valuable active competitor Why? right now. <clears throat> because he he has the engagement. He knows how to put stuff up that the fans want to see. He knows how to put stuff up that the that the consumer wants to see. There's a difference between someone who's just a fan and looks. Okay, and but he's who a who classic lies.
0: physique yes.
1: Olympia. So are you saying in the whole... I'm saying all around. Okay, so there's even open and... Open and everything. Because Ben's he physique, hits all everything. the points, and when you... When you go look at some of the marketing he puts up, look at the engagement. Mm-hmm. People, people interact with him, you know, and you can just, he's, he's hitting all the right points. His, his fan base is growing really fast. You go look at how many likes he gets and stuff, but you go look at the comments, and they're not, they're not fake comments like some people have. They're People are asking, they're commenting, and they're real profiles. So he, he, he's doing it right. He's he's in my opinion, just from someone who who looks at talent and has to evaluate
0: talent. Can you imagine if there was appearances available now?
1: There are, but if but if, if if he would have been doing what he's doing now, ten years ago, he would have been booked just as much as you were. Yeah, he would have for sure. And and you can and look, and that's not I'm not like downing anyone. Else I wish that's I out had there.
0: that. I wish I had the opportunity that I have today. Back then.
1: Oh, yeah, you would have made a, a fortune. You'd you would have you would have made ten times the money you make now. Because back then you didn't have access to just sell stuff to people. You know? If somebody wanted to buy from you back then, they, they had to go had out show, of their way. Yeah, they had to either show up. They'd either have to fill something out, a credit mm-hmm. card, mail you a check. It wasn't as as simple as push two buttons and it's
0: on its way to your house. I mean they did have a website though. As I, as I, but think about. Later on.
1: Remember how hard, how fun it was to book something, buy something on a website, even three or four years ago. Yeah. Now you can just look on it and go, Oh, I got Apple Pay. I got Amazon Pay. I got this. You push two, three buttons in it, and it's on its way to your house. Yeah. To where back then, like I said, someone either mailed you a check, even though you had a website, it was still a a, a process. Well, you had to
0: go to the website. Now you yeah. can just click. You're breezing through. You know, sitting social on the, media swipe up. Sitting boom, on, on the there. toilet, you know, because honestly, yeah. I read social media the most when I sit on the toilet. That that we need, I think we need to do a meme for you like that. Well, is it true? I mean, most people I think a lot. Sit, of people do. I mean, do you? I mean, I'm mean, i on social media throughout the day, always. So you don't want to admit that you, when you're I, on the toilet. I said always. I didn't say I didn't do it, I, I didn't say
1: I didn't do it on the toilet. But, but you said that's when I mostly do it. So let me ask you this. When you're going to go to the bathroom, do you look for your phone first? Always. I do, too. Yeah. There's times where I'm like, shit, man, I got to go. And I'm like,
0: where's my phone? And I'm running isn't around a, the house. Isn't it trying. amazing, bro? Like, we sit on these planes, and you text me. Every time it never fails bro you get on these United flights <laughs> you like times- you're like fifteen dollars for this damn Wi-Fi but I'm like, dude you're buying it hey because no. you're not you're not gonna sit there and meditate for no, four hours I'm not or- gonna sleep. But can you imagine we used to sit on the planes and fly overseas, and what did we do besides watch movies? You'd watch whatever movie was on repeat or or I
1: used to pull that magazine out, and I would read every page <laughs> in that magazine. Did you never
0: do the crossword puzzles on the plane? No, because some asshole always did yes, it before me, yes. and they did it wrong, and I couldn't do it, I but I used say, to look through and be like, "Oh Sky mall, and I'd look through,
1: oh shit, I should buy
0: this, <laughs> but you know what I would actually these these people would fill out the rest of the. They would fill out the, the mm-hmm. you know, the whole, everything in the magazine. And I would actually read it to say, okay, let me see if I would have got this right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just, I'm trying to remember. It's hard, because you flew I, overseas a lot, man. A lot, yeah.
1: I mean, I think I started in the early 2000s. And I just don't, I don't remember. I think, I think I remember the first time I went on a, on a plane that had a TV. It was called Song Airlines. I and remember that song was launched by Delta. It was a subsidiary yeah. where they, they, they had like five planes. And when you got on, they had TVs in the middle and each seat had TV. And yes. Yes. Like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. How did no, I, but remember, how I, used to,
0: I used to sit on the planes and you could only, everyone watched the TV screen <laughs> yeah. in the middle aisle. The it old, would be the glass. Old yes. TV. It would be like every, every like 10 feet, there'd be a TV. Yep. So people could and watch it, it. And it would <laughs> suck because,
1: because if you were in the wrong, you don't side. remember
0: this. I know <laughs> Damn, we're not that
1: old <laughs> or or you'd get in the wrong seat and you'd be like oh shit I can't see it here and your yeah. neck would be cranked you're like oh they're playing home alone I got to watch this and then you had to get those crappy headphones and they would break or they wouldn't work and you know unless unless you got business overseas then it then you had nice like noise canceling headphones and all that good stuff
0: yeah man I still I mean I sleep on these flights you know I fall right asleep but yeah it's, you, know it's, it's, you,
1: know, you, you know what you know you know what Every time you're like, I need to get in first class. I need to be in this seat. And I'm like, what for? As soon as the plane takes off, three and a half seconds later, your chin is in your chest and you're you're done. I know. So why spend all this money on a seat? You're not going to enjoy it anyways.
0: Yeah. So, you know, these appearances, like, man, it's, I, I mean, we've done a ton. And I would, I mean, I would, I look at these guys today and I'm like, man, if I had this social media back then. It would have been crazy. You don't crazy. have to go, but,
1: but here's another thing Because we too. created
0: our own. We created yeah.
1: our own. Here's another thing too. You know how when someone wins Mr. Olympia or any big show and they don't look as good the next year mm-hmm. and people always expect them to get better. Yeah. Well, if you're traveling every week, you're not sleeping right. You're not training like you normally do. You're not getting the, the, the food down. And if you are, you're you know eating whatever's on the road. If you're on the road 40 weeks out of the year, How can you get better? Like touch on that, like where you, where you went into, where you went in, you won the Olympia, obviously in, at one point you had lost it or in 07, it wasn't your your best showing, but that whole year you weren't, it wasn't like years in the past where you could just say, Hey man, I'm going to be at home
0: for the next six months and I can just put on 20 pounds of muscle. Now, you know, I think there was a few things, uh, that made it different for me, but definitely being booked every week, it was, it was taxing. Yeah. And the expectations are always going to, that you're going to come in better. And, you know, you try to repeat and do everything the same way, but truthfully, I think, you know, really sitting back after a number of years off the stage and, you know, separating myself as being that Mr. Olympia, I just wonder if the motivation was there, you know, it it is always that talk of, like the guy that has the greatest success and makes a ton of money and you know, wins, is he hungry again to, mm-hmm. to win it over and over. And some guys like they get hungrier, but I feel like because Ronnie was kind of at coming to the end and I wasn't sure how to come in, there was a little confusion on that. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know if I need to come in as big or, you know, I wasn't really necessarily chasing the, the beast anymore. Mm-hmm. And I knew he wasn't going to be able to beat me again. So I think I put that in my mind. And and you're right. I traveled overseas, which I hadn't done for a while. And, you know, I got a few guest spots. And then when it came, came time to buckle down, it was just really difficult to zone in because of, uh, you know, the travel, I was exhausted still. So when June hit, you know, I find myself like, okay, it took me rhythm to get into July. And then I only really had August and part of September before I had to really dial down and, and compete. And I just felt it was too much pressure for me.
1: And some some of these guys now, some of these pros now will, will never understand what that's like, where they, we all know what it's like to get on a plane and fly coast to coast. You know, your your, your body gets, your, your timing gets thrown off and you don't get good sleep. But imagine, you know, and I'm saying this for some of these other people that are listening, imagine that you live in Vegas and you fly to New York and you do a guest pose and you come home. The next week you're in Miami, then you come home. Next week you're in Toronto, then you come home. Next week you go to Germany, then you come home. Next week you're in Seattle, you come home. Next week Chicago, come home. Next week you're in Dubai, come home, and you do this for forty weeks. It affects you, it, it does. Yeah, because it's
0: impossible to get the food. And we talk about the, you know, we we talked about the flights. You know, eating the cold food, it gets old. So you just start like getting a little lazy with that. Mm-hmm. You definitely can't train full capacity when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll get you will get injured. Yeah, yeah, so. You know, you're not going in the gym and rowing, you know, three three 365 and deadlifting 500 pounds like you would have been back in Vegas. And listen, you run from what made you. And that's the hardest part. I mean, I look back, for, like, my best training years. If you asked me, when I felt like I was in the best rhythm, mm-hmm. was definitely, like, 2000, 2001, 2002. And then all the guest appearances started, like, after 02, you know, after I almost won the Olympia in 2001, you know, I started traveling a bit and I sat out 2002, so I didn't compete, which allowed me to have more of an off season. Then once 2003, I started competing in double shows, you know, Arnold and Olympia every year. And then Sheru afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it just, it got taxing. It got too taxing on me and, you know, I was always having trouble dialing in um, that last week because I was a guy that dropped a lot of water. You know, I was a huge drinker, you know, I drank a lot of water. Um, when you're flying that much. Yeah. I was just, it, and I lived in Vegas. I mean, you have to stay super hydrated. So I'm not kidding. I would drink, you know, two and a half gallons of fluid a day, you know, mostly water and whatever crystal light or whatever. And, uh, that was necessary. So what I learned and the hardest part for me was, you know, when I worked with Chris Cicito and honey for my preparations, I would really cut the water at the end. And I st- to this day, I question if that was the best scenario for me. What do you mean? Because I lose so much weight at the end. Because when you drink two and a half gallons, it's really hard to cut your water down to very minimal Yeah. in order to get dry. And I felt like sometimes, you know, even when I wasn't in the best shape, you know, I was still drastically cutting that water. But you have to taper that water down. You can't, you can't just cut the water from two and a half gallons and go to zero. You understand? Yep. So you have to slowly taper it down. And I think for me, it was trying to manipulate the water where, you know, I, I was afraid to drink cause I was afraid to hold water. And obviously to, to shuttle carbohydrates, you have to have some fluids in there. You can't just go zero water. And I would tend to drink zero water. A lot of times, even though Chris would say, take sips, I would always be afraid to do that. How many, how much weight would you lose that last week? <laughs> Fifteen twenty pounds I always remember that you'd be you'd be in the 290s and then you'd still be in the upper 280s even like a week and a half oh, I was crazy I was full and then I you know but you know what the condition I don't know if the condition you know I always could have been better I mean 2009 people remember me for that 2001 I was I mean I went from 290 to 260 in like 10 days
1: just, from just cutting water
0: yeah and that's just crazy. But, you know, today we have all these different uh, water uh, additives and different types of water, right? We talked about, like, what was the best water to drink. You know, I, I'm drinking, you know, I drink, which is someone that sends me water here. Mm-hmm. I think it's reverse osmosis with vitamins. Yeah. So, and, you know, in Vegas, you can't drink the water. I have, a, like, a, I have, Reverse osmosis in my house because there's hard water. You know, and-
1: I've, I'd always listen to coaches say they want people to drink spring water, or this, and, and I've always, I've always just thought, if you're gonna drink water and you want nothing in it, you should just drink distilled water. Well, because that's what they give babies I know, and but infants.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. We used to talk about. I know, like natural bodybuilders tend to drink distilled water because there's no sodium or there's nothing in it. It comes from steam. And they say you need that little bit of sodium in order to stay. Yeah, but wouldn't Hydrate. you get
1: some type of sodium from just the, the stuff I you're so, yeah. that you're eating throughout the day? You're getting a little bit. But just distilled water is water that's boiled, and they catch the steam, and then it comes on the other side. So it's just H2O. There's nothing in it. There's no minerals. There's no sediments. There's no calcium. There's no anything in it. It's just pure, plain water. And I don't know why more people don't do that. What water tastes the best? To me, I like distilled water, but I drink it for many it,
0: years. Yeah. yeah, Still to this day, yes. And, and also, you uh, have a tap at your house that you can drink water from. I or? could, yeah,
1: I don't because you can. You know, when you see that white sediment that goes yeah. on, that's calcium. That's where you
0: get your kidneys. Yeah, stones. it's really hard water in yeah. Las Vegas, and I mean,
1: you can get you can get a water refiner, and that can pull the hardness cost out. Cost
0: me five grand to do my water softener in my house, but you
1: don't. But you still don't want to drink that. You know, you can get that done where it either uses potassium chloride or sodium chloride and it pulls all the hard it pulls everything out of the water. It'll get it about ninety nine percent. And then your reverse osmosis takes it a step further. Yeah. Which is that's completely fine to drink. But I still think that distilled water is it would be the the best, especially if you're if you know everything that's in your your food, your diet, your this, your this, why would you not have exactly what you know is in the water? Why not? I think I think I remember reading something years ago that Dorian Yates said once he started dieting, he drank distilled water. I remember Maybe. reading that years ago somewhere. He said distilled water. I remember
0: that. I wasn't a guy that carried the water jug around like in the gym all the time, but I I drank. You know, they say you're supposed to drink in between your meals, but I would probably drink half a gallon with every meal that I drank. So I, if I ate had six meals a day, mm-hmm. I would out. drink half a gallon uh, uh, each meal. Did you drink other things back then too, soda or coffee? Um, or? I would drink um, sugar-free Kool-Aid or a Crystal Light Tang. You remember my Tang yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> sugar-free Tang. Everything was sugar-free, and I used to drink abundance of it. And uh, I don't think a lot of soda, bro. I don't. I don't. I for some reason now I like a lot of like uh, soda water or mm-hmm. Perrier type water. I drink more of that than I do, you know, regular water. And, and honestly, no, I don't drink enough just regular water. I know I don't much you think you need to drink in Vegas if you are suggestive to everyone listening to this podcast I half. think Probably. everyone should drink one gallon of water yeah. a day I, I know
1: there's days I do but for the most part I don't depends
0: on the activity but definitely uh, I mean I get the sugar-free you know
1: whatever little sticks you can put inside it mm-hmm. but I still drink a lot of I drink a lot of I drink too much caffeine what do you think of energy of drinks I drink one sometimes I drink two a day I just I like I like soda and I don't like sugar and it's a lot easier to get energy drinks nowadays, it seems, than anything else. Everywhere you go, there, there's 50 different types of energy What do you think drinks. about this energy drink craze? I don't know. I th- I think I don't think it's good. And the reason for that, I think people are consuming, and, I, and I'm guilty of this myself, we're consuming too much caffeine. And before where, you know, you could drink a cup of coffee and you were good for the day and maybe you'd have one or, or half the day. Now, people you know, wake up, they drink two coffees at home, then they get a Starbucks, and then they have an energy drink, and then they do a pre workout, and then they have another coffee. And you look at it, you're like, dude, you're consuming a thousand milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. good for your heart. And I'm guilty of it. I've, there's days where I've drank so much caffeine where you can just feel yourself shaking.
0: Well, I think, you know, water is supposed to be a great uh, recovery. And I used to do a lot of saunas when I was. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding for recovery for um, lactic acid. I would flush it through. So every day I would train. I would finish with twenty minutes of sauna at the gym, and that's a thing that helped my metabolism. Also, so I was. Do you think it burns fat? I think it. Do, I think it helps. I, okay, burns fat. One thing I want to make clear is that I don't think anything burns fat. Things increase metabolism, which. In turn, can burn fat. Can burn fat. Yes. Cardio, yes, it helps your metabolism burn fat. Yes, I think that saunas, yes, infrareds, uh, all that stuff. They talk about cryotherapy and all these things now for recovery. And I think you know, hot, cold baths or whatever. There's so many things to recovery that I never even knew about back then. Mm-hmm. Deep tissue massage helps you with recovery. Okay, but I also think it helped burn for fat because I think when I would get that crazy, you know, uh, muscular release, you know, whether someone's dragging their elbows or whatever through those, you know, through my skin, you know, against the muscle, it would help m- stimulate that fat that would be lying there mm-hmm. and help with blood flow. Blood flow is going to increase blood flow. In that area is going to help nutrients and and continue the body to burn, right? So it's all about metabolism. So I think that's what the most important thing about recovery is now is keeping the metabolism to repair the body because the growing and the repair is done outside the gym, not while you're in the gym, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why the water is is important, the food is important, but also the sleep Mm -hmm. and the other extra things that you do. We actually, uh, tonight, I mentioned this to you, I think last week, we ordered an infrared sauna for the house, mm. so I'm going to go ahead and get that. What's and, the difference between that and a regular sauna? Well, I think it it works with a red light, mm-hmm. and when they talk about red light therapy and how I, I mean it's really good for increasing metabolism, but it also is repairing that means on it'll the get body. Me in shape? Yeah, so you can come sit in the. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to come sit in the infrared. How long? Just sitting for 20 minutes? Yeah, 20, 20, 30 minutes, or you, you know, know the first the
1: this is just random. When I played basketball. In high school, I remember how sore my legs were. And I bought Dennis Rodman's book. And I remember in his book What was his book's name? As Bad as I Wanna Be. And I okay. was I think I was a junior in high school. And in his book there was a part where he talked about when his legs were sore, he would go in the shower and he would turn the water as hot as it can go for thirty seconds and then as cold as it can go yep. for thirty seconds and go back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. And it would get rid of that buildup in your in your, what, lactic acid. And I thought it was kind of goofy, but then I tried it and it actually worked. You know, you don't get, you're not as crazy sore. I don't know how it does what it does, but that hot, cold, hot, cold helps. Is so that what used
0: to do, J-Mac, or? All of it. Styrofoam cups, rub it up and down my leg, I feel it, freeze it, rub it up and down my legs. So, I so mean, look, Brad, look at. Our producer's six foot nine, eight, six foot eight. He can mic so he'll just tell me. Tell me <laughs> yeah, six, I, always, I always say six seven and you get upset, so just say you're six. Ten, I, I, no, I try no to measure. exaggerate a little bit. He's seven one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I was, you know, Brian Shaw always does that, he has two like a uh, hot tub, he has a hot tub and a cold tub, and he jumps in the cold tub for like X amount of minutes, then he gets into the hot side, dude. I,
0: I, I did cryo a
1: couple times,
0: man. Do you like it? I hated it. Why? I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't do that much for me. I mean, listen, I didn't do it while I was training. Like I yeah. wasn't a bodybuilder anymore. Not, Compete, you competing. didn't do this when you were full-time. No, because it didn't exist. <laughs> Cryotherapy didn't didn't exist. This is all new new wave stuff. It's just like the red light therapy. And, you know, I just did the sauna that was at Crunch Fitness. And that's really, and then at the Gold's Gyms, I used to sit in there. I would crank that thing up and I would sweat like crazy and, it helped me push the water too, but it, that's why I was talking about the water. You got to stay super hydrated after. I'm surprised you never times. put it like in the, all these years, you haven't just put an actual sauna in. Your house. I know. It's a shocker, right? I had a tanning booth. I had treadmills. You still have a like, tanning Isn't it still there? Yeah, but I haven't used it in like six years. You have Hex Tanning, but, Hex and the tanning one, used the, to sponsor me. The one thing that you could actually
1: use, you don't have. The sauna. Just a regular sauna. I know.
0: Maybe you need to do that too. So what I'm going to do is the, the sauna is going to go in. Over in my workout section, I think I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the um, tanning booth out, and I'm going to put my Tesla charger in there. Yeah, I was just going to
1: say, are you going to talk about this new? You're, you've been on like a purchase frenzy. Like, what did you start
0: making money or something? You're like buying no, all man, kinds I'm of ga- stuff I'm, and cars. You know, and- since our last episode, you kind of gave me a hard time about my best gas mileage vehicle was the suburban yeah just think of we so were you forced about me forced me to to go to the exact i the went no way. i went out and bought a diesel suburban okay <laughs> yeah. which is going to have more fuel efficiency yeah and i bought a tesla just that's think cool.
1: of think of the reality you live in that you were excited about a suburban
0: like dude i got great gas. Yeah, that's my best now, gas mileage you car. know you know most why, families that's the worst. <laughs> You know why though I'll tell you why Be- you got to remember it's you have to take into account I have all foreign vehicles that only take uh premium premium yeah okay yes they're not great on gas either they're big yeah. motors they're high performance motors yeah so I have a vehicle that takes regular gas and as you know it's it's quite a bit different if you find the right gas stations and and I don't drive that much that I concern myself with it I mean I take trips to California but I can run on a tank of gas all week now unfortunately you know Angie driving a G wagon or some of the other things it's it's not as efficient so when I talked about hey let's you know we've talked about this for a while with the suburban we tried ordering it last year could it wasn't available it wasn't even on the website so now they just launched this the suburban with a diesel motor which what's the gas mileage going to be I mean I get I have the
1: the same engine in a in a truck, and I mean, if if you go seventy, you'll get
0: I don't know about thirty, yeah. So, you know, and plus I like the the whole de, the the dimension of it now. I think it's a little yeah. better. It's 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 it's, it's like I I I don't know if I'll ever go back to a gas engine. I prefer the diesel engine. You helped me actually order that vehicle, yeah. so we, you've been and plus it for a while. Well. Plus we got a, a white one which I have black right now. It's a little. Yeah. It's a little better with the with the Vegas heat. But you're uh, gonna have
1: like ten cars. No the the,
0: end the, of the year. Tesla the Tesla though is something that we've talked about. Yeah. And we just talked about it makes a great local vehicle. I'm not trying to drive it back and forth to California. Yeah. But I think that would be the great running vehicle, and I want to try it. Everyone talked about the Teslas and how great they are, and. There we, are a lot remember, of Don't you remember stations? when
1: we were when we were in Denmark yes. two years ago? We remember we X. drove and we had to pull over and charge it? Yeah. We had to pull over and Oh saw, we did? Don't you remember we got so so we get in the Tesla and they take us to this thing and they drive it on a boat and they take us yes. on this huge ship across yes, some right. place. And we, we went do to an this appearance, appearance, appearance there, yeah. And he went and charged. The guy that drove us went and charge it while we were at the appearance. Okay. So we had to drive all the way around, and we got a certain distance away, and he had to pull over and back it in. And it was some supercharger, and in, like, 20 minutes, he got, like, 50 miles charged out of it. Okay. And that was the rest of the way to get us back.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, we know a lot of people that have Teslas, yeah. and, you know, I just. They're, like, Stupid fast too. That's why you really want it. You no, can tell no, the truth. No, no. Because I mean, listen. I have fast vehicles. I don't even go.
1: That you don't got fast. something that goes zero to sixty in one point nine no, seconds. No. So, <laughs> you know. so we got the so we got the Arnold Classic coming up. That's actually this week. I'm flying out Wednesday. I'm going to get in late Wednesday night. And I I'll be. There. I
0: won't be at this this one this year. I'm in a wedding on Saturday. So yeah, it's well. You know, normally it's in March, and it's you are already in this wedding. So.
1: But we're going into the Arnold Classic, and I think this is going to be one of the best Arnold Classics for a couple reasons. One, it's two weeks before the Olympia, so you're going to get a lot of guys that are top guys that are that are doing it. Outside of Rami and Brandon and Hottie, the top three from last, top three, got three of the top five. Most of the other top guys are in it, and I think you're going to have a chance for some of the up-and-comers to literally make a name for themselves or get some crazy momentum going into Olympia, maybe one of these guys that are doing this show could leapfrog and be in that first call out now on the uh, at the uh, at the Olympics. All right, so it looks like there's eleven guys in the show. Yeah, some people dropped out. Rolly Winkler dropped out. Um, Cedric dropped out because of his hand, and uh, uh, what's his name from France? He said he had vet issues. Lino Benyicki. Lino He yeah. dropped out. That's why I didn't I put their name on the list. So I put I put a list on here in alphabetical order and I'm going to we'll go over each person and you can just kind of give your your feedback on each one of these guys and what you think their chances are and then you don't have to unless you want to give a prediction or whatever. You don't have I to. I hate predictions. A, you know, I I me always too. thought it was disrespectful.
0: I just it's so I
1: mean I can you can kind of say these are the guys that are fighting for the the title but you know this. Anything in in five minutes, you can go from being first to fifth. There's so many variables. Yeah,
0: listen, I know, but you know, number one, William Bonnick is on your list. William Bonnick. Uh, this is an alphabetic order, so William Bonnick is the is the top person on here. What do you? What do he's you think? Uh, he's won It. He's the last two. Yeah, and he is. Um, I have to say one i one thing about William is he is the closest thing to Phil Heath, as far as muscle roundness and pop. So when he poses, a lot of things happen. Yeah. Now, I think he got overlooked last year at the Olympia, in my opinion. You might have a different vision of that. But I think he is definitely in the driver's seat to win this contest again. I I know his confidence is super high. I think he's in his own now. I've known him since he started, and I believe he was a 212 guy. He was and you know he's found his place he's a little shorter but he is round and he gets in great shape and i'm sure he's going to when you have that much muscle it's it's you can't easy. put any more muscle on that it's it's easy to get into to condition it's just he needs to be on point and he wins another one yeah on paper he sh- he should On paper win and he win. is the winner that's he, he would be if you if you asked me right now who i would pick to win it would definitely be william Bonnick. yeah because he's done it, and he's yeah. top, one of the top guys. He's been at second NBA. at the Olympia, you yeah. know. So next, Max Charles. Yeah, I mean, he was third one year. Third, yeah, he was third at the Arnold one year, and he's been improving all along. I don't know. He's done a lot of contests though. He has, and his legs have improved. He's got crazy upper body, great arms. I mean, his midsection. Stig Milos
1: is his coach now. Yeah, I mean, I mean he looks he's great. Miserable. He's
0: improving. His back's getting better. Um, I just don't know if he'll fight for a top position here because there's just a lot of powerhouses. But he's always in shape and he's always impressive, that's for sure. Uh, uh Sung Chu Lee. Yeah, training in Vegas. Yeah. He, we just shot him for the channel actually. Again. Uh yeah. And oh. he, he was impressive at the Olympia last year, you he know. Was. Definitely needs a little more lower body, but big, big arms, big upper body. Um, you know, he's from Korea, which, you know, he represents, you know, a huge, huge bodybuilding community. Um, he's ma- definitely making his mark and I'm really happy to see that he's been over here training and mm-hmm working to, you know, increase his popularity and, and putting his, throwing his hat into this contest because, you know, he has a big, big following, man. He did really well, and we got a great reception uh, from him, and I uh, expect big things from him in the future.
1: He's he's one of those guys. He's not been we, coming, you know. We saw him at the Olympia last year. We didn't really know who he yeah, was. we didn't know who he was. We are yeah. like, I don't know who this guy is, but. Great shape, great it, shape. For for, he, for how round he is, and he's he's got all the tools to
0: do very well. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed el Aman Um, this, listen, he came on the scene this year like crazy, right? I mean, I actually, I actually thought he could have won the show in Cali. We were, he could have, you know, lower body is definitely, uh, overpowering some than, but he has really come on in great shape. You know, I felt that he, you know, he was second at a couple of those shows that, you know, he, he got there, I believe on points. I don't think he's won actually a contest to get there, uh, to the Mr. Olympia, but he's, he's qualified at this point. And, Uh uh. He looks amazing. Yeah, Steve Kuklo, man, this guy. This guy has been at it a long time. I mean, I remember him when he was a teenager, and uh, you know, I think he's been you know third or fourth at this this contest, yeah. and and uh, you know, he was sixth at the Olympia, I think, the last time we competed. But what I what I'm going to say about Steve is we saw him lose to Ian a few weeks ago, yeah. and it was close. You know, you were at that contest. He's got the size. He just needed to be dialed in and I think if he was dialed in he probably would have won that competition. He yes, if he was dialed he's, in. He's yes. got the size, he's got the structure. He doesn't have weaknesses. He really doesn't. And and uh, I know the 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 downside is is separation with him because he's so round and so full. But I feel that he is going to be improved. I feel he's going to be a little lighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. And he's done well here and I just, you know, with the shoulder width, you know, and you know the the round muscle He's definitely going to be someone you can't overlook. I expect him to push the top spots. I mean, he could be a winner at this contest pretty easily. I was going to say if 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 he had
1: the condition that if his condition was equal to Bonic, mm-hmm. he would win because he's just bigger. Yeah, he, he's he just, would, and he's got great shape. Yes, great shape for and he's and he's a you know he's one of the, he's probably the tallest guy in the show. He's six. He's over six feet. Yeah. So
0: uh, next, Hassan Mustafa. Man, this guy just keeps coming. I don't know how many. He's done every single contest, Almost, yeah. and he, he's improving. You know, I think, you know, you can't overlook his muscle. So he's definitely not going to be, I don't think, in the first or second place position, but he could be anywhere in between because he's got so much muscle and he's got good enough condition. You know, I just think he needs to get still a little tighter from the backside. But you cannot put an ounce of more muscle on this guy. I mean, he's the biggest guy, I pound think, for I pound, think he's on the that most
1: stage. Muscular human being, I think I've ever seen. Yeah, just and he has it.
0: to, he has to tra- he has to diet really hard to get into condition. <laughs> I think, and he's been on an all year diet. Another guy coming from overseas that's been training here in Vegas, and an Egyptian. Yeah, he's just unbelievable potential, and we're just waiting to see this. I feel he is like. The unspoken Rami, like he's the guy that we're just all waiting for to it's nail it. It's the same it. thing, yeah. When he nails it. It's, it's it's lights out for everyone because he has everything. He's he not really missing body parts, but it's just about bringing in that condition and the separation that's going to separate him from uh, the top spots. Sergio Leva Jr. Big, big things from Sergio. I think, you know, he was fourth his last time here. Mm-hmm. Had some off-season difficulty getting, you know, he committed to a couple events, didn't make it think last year he really wanted to be in australia yeah. yeah so yeah. for him he looks very very impressive right now he looks and, humongous yeah he looks huge i mean i i would i would pick him to be in the top four for this competition and i i don't know how, who's gonna he's gonna push out but i mean he was fifth last time mm-hmm. he was here i think fifth place i think uh fourth or fifth fifth I think. or fifth I think, I think Kuklo beat I him the last Kuklo time. Kuklo got fourth and he, he got, fifth. got fifth. And I think that... And the
1: guys that are ahead of
0: him outside of Bonnick are not there. Yes. Yeah, so he's had some time off. He's massive, and he is pretty balanced. I mean, he's... Have you seen have you got any updates? I haven't seen, seen any updates, but, you know, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, we just saw the picture of him stand next to Romney I and Dennis James. He looks gigantic. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think Sergio... He,
1: I think he's going to be the one that's going to kind of shock people. I think this could be the show where he comes out. You know, I, I don't – obviously, I don't, I don't make predictions either. Mm-hmm. But I expect him to be one of those guys rotated in that mm-hmm. number one spot because you know they're going to move three or four guys around, and I expect him to
0: be one of them. Justin Rodriguez. Uh, you know, last year's um hype guy. I mean, he definitely came on the scene last year. He was, you know, pushing. He almost won a couple. I think he did win something last year in order to – uh, I he think was he qualified on points last year. Well, he this was year, second he won Indiana. Yeah, and uh, you know he really, really put it together, and uh, came on the scene. Um, you know, I know I had a conversation with him, and he wasn't going to do the Mister Olympia last year, and unfortunately he did, and which you know I think it was great for him to get the experience. Got yeah. So I think you know he was probably happy about that. Um, I think anyone that has that chance to go to the Mr. Olympia should never turn it down because it's, uh, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You you actually
1: did it once too.
0: Yeah. You turned uh, it down in 2002. I probably could have won it. Uh, So for me, uh, I think that he, you know, he definitely, you know, he needed to improve his legs a little bit. And I think that depending on how he nails it here, I mean, he's got the crazy shape. He's got crazy back double bicep. I mean, very similar to Victor Martinez a lot, very wide shoulders. Um, but we'll see, you know, with this lineup, you know, we get some mass monsters in there that, you know, if they come in condition, it's, you know, it's definitely he's more aesthetic than he is a mass monster, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Ian Villar, Bellier, Yeah, impressive. You know, he's one of the outbreak guy of this year. Can uh, he win this show? You know, he could. I think he could. Uh, I think it's going to be a little difficult against some of the vets. I mean, he was seventh at the Olympia last year. Mm -hmm. Bonick still edged him out. And like I said, I think Bonick was overlooked. But, you know, he definitely uh, is on a good run right now. And great, you know, he brings great condition. You said he looked amazing at the Texas show. Uh, I expect big things from him, and he trains like an animal, and he's going to be improved. So I, I expect him to be pushing those top spots too. I think he's going to be one of the guys that's
1: rotated in that top four spot.
0: Okay, uh, Nick Walker, every everybody's hero, right? Yeah, I mean he's been in touch with us. We know how he looks. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing about a prediction about Nick is, like he said, he's winning it. Mm-hmm. You know, he told us both he yeah. was going to win this show and he was going to go to the Olympian. I truly believe he thinks he can win the Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. And I was the same way. You know, I was, you know, the confidence is there. But it's kind of funny. You don't want to hate on the guy because, like, he believes in himself. He believes in himself and he's not being arrogant. He's not trying to put anyone down and saying, well, I'm going to win because so and so doesn't have this or so and so. He doesn't talk about anyone else. He just looks at this is my physique and I don't have to tear anyone apart in order to tell you that I'm going to beat those guys he just lets his body do the talking. And I think he's fixed a lot of his so-called flaws. Like he was able to hide some of his weaknesses and he's in crazy condition. He's got a hell of a lot of muscle. Some of his shots are just knockout. And listen, man, I think it would be the most amazing story ever. If he came in and won this competition. Yeah. That and would he's be. young and he's hungry and he works his ass off. And I, I love that. You know, I'm yeah. cheering for him for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's a guy that could. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't know where to place him yet because because well, he hasn't been compared. We haven't seen him. Yeah, we saw him in, in Chicago where he you know, and obviously he's improved since then. We saw him at New York, but we haven't seen him where he's in between two elite guys. What he looks like? Did next he win
0: Chicago f- or he
1: got? I think fifth.
0: Okay, that that's was his right. pro Fourth debut. Fifth, yeah. Akeem
1: Williams won that show. That's right. <clears throat> and then he did New York and – you know Justin Rodriguez was there, but there wasn't it wasn't a stacked lineup. <clears throat> you know, now he's got he's gonna have if 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 he's in a first call out, you got five or six elite guys there. So we've never seen him next to someone like that. So I'm more excited to see, okay, what does he look like if he's in between an Akeem and an Ian or next to William because mm-hmm. they're a similar height. You know, what does he look like now? So I don't I wouldn't even want to predict He'll be somewhere between first and last <laughs> I don't want I don't want to predict it because once we see this him here and then we see him at the Olympia going into next year now you can say well I've seen him in between Hadi and Rami. he held his own in, in six or seven shots he's got to make these improvements so then you can know where to kind of predict yeah I legit don't know where he could place. Could he win it? Yeah could he get fifth or sixth? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be in that that front pack, but we have to see what he looks like yeah. next to some of these other guys. Since he's, like you said, he's improved, and he's learned how to hide certain weaknesses, but he's going to be the talk of the show. And he's still, what, is he 25? He's still young at 25 or 26. Yeah. And the last one, Akeem Williams.
0: Yeah, most dangerous guy on the stage. I think so too. Because he's big, he's got shape, um, he's got that grainy. He was density. six last year at the Olympia. He's won a show already. He won the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, is that the only show he did? He just did one show. Yeah. Yeah. He I to do Chicago you know definitely. Dallas. Um, you know, he's improved a lot. His back's improved. His legs. I mean, he's just everything is just the conditions come come in. You know, f- full circle. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what he what, how he shows up, but I mean. He is another guy. I, I, I'm looking at this list, and I mean, I, I'm going to go down and I say William Bonnick can win it, Steve Cucolo can win it, Sergio could win it, Ian Vallier, Nick Walker, and Akeem can all Six win it. Six guys could win the show. I and that, not not to put these other guys down, but these guys all could be front runners. But if I was to be a betting man, I say Bonnick has the best shot. Um, probably Akeem. Akeem, and, for and sure. And Sergio. In my opinion. Yeah, Sergio, yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to hold out Walker and Ian either, you or know. Or Kuklo. Yeah, Kuklo, Kuklo, yeah. yeah he I mean,
1: Sergio last year.
0: I mean, these guys are all powerhouses, so I mean, it's going to be exciting to uh, to hear the results. So you're going to have to let me know. Yeah, uh, I'll be. I'll uh, be I'm going to try to watch the uh, if they have a live broadcast. I don't know if they're having one or not, but
1: yeah, yeah, well, for sure they are
0: because so this year at the Arnold, there's no um, there's no
1: expo, mm-hmm. so they're just doing four classes. They're doing bodybuilding. They're doing a classic a bikini and fitness, and they're just doing it. it's a one day show. They're going and doing pre judging, coming back at night doing the night show, and if I if I know, if I remember right, um, I'm forgetting is I think uh, Amanda Latona, Dennis James, I want to say I'm forgetting the other maybe Terry Crews and Arnold are doing the commentary. Okay, Arnold's going to do the commentary. Which is kind of cool because we've never seen him do it. You know, I mean, I'm sure he'll go out, but at some point he's going to come back and, and join the commentary. So, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, are you ready for some questions? Yeah, I hope you got some good ones here. All right, we'll see here. What advice would you give to my 11 year old son? He wants to go to the gym with me every day and do the same machines I do. What's your opinions
0: on youngsters working out? Listen, they had this biggest, you know, thing against kids lifting weights. At a young age, I think, you know, lifting lightweights is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- would keep the reps a little higher and I would show them the correct form, mm-hmm. but don't let them try to push one or two rep maxes, especially 11 year old. Yeah. You don't want to do that, but listen, it keeps them, keeps them active and you know, you never know where it's going to be. I mean, I pick up the interest of bodybuilding when I was 12. So you just, I mean, do it the right way and give them the right positioning and, Remember, keep the reps a little higher. That's all. Big J, which is better when cutting
1: down, casein or isolate protein? Great question. Slow release or fast release? Protein?
0: I, listen, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, depending on what t- they say casein is better at night because mm-hmm. it's slower digesting. But if if I was, you know, to put my money, I would have an isolate protein. Mm-hmm. I'd buy Total Iso. I'm going to give myself a plug here for the nutrition. But. Uh, listen, it's always been, uh, one of my things I've used protein powders to get ready for contests. Mm-hmm. And I've used every single, I've used casein. I've used, you know, a blend I've used, you know, isolates, but I don't really know if your body really knows the difference, but definitely if I was cutting down, I would try to get the cleanest one with the less amount of sugar and fillers and everything in it. So that's why I focus on an isolate in this era today. Mm-hmm. We didn't have as advanced proteins back then. no.
1: How would you feel about training after 11 p.m.? I know you're an advocate for those midnight sessions. I work a second shift type of schedule, and morning workouts are good, but I feel like my training would be better after 11.
0: Hey, I mean, whatever works. I mean, as long as you can get the food in before and after, and, you know, if your bo- body is is feeling responsive at that time, there's no clock that, you know, your body doesn't know the clock unless, you know, it's it's on a sleep pattern or whatever. You know, we've, we've trained at all different times, and... Mm-hmm. I was usually a late night trainer. Like I trained best after, you know, four or five meals. So uh, if you're, you know, getting your meals in at work and you feel the energy to go to the gym, get it done, man. It's, 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 as long as it's productive, it's, it's successful.
1: Which place in the world would be a good place to hold the Mr. Olympia that hasn't had it in the past? Remember how the Olympia used to rotate all over the world?
0: So other than the USA?
1: Yeah, just which place in the world? Is there a spot that you think, man? If it was there, it might be just they'd crush it.
0: I mean, dude, any place. Think about all the places we've gone. I think, think about the Mr. Olympian Australia. How many fans would come out? It'd be anywhere. It'd be successful. Think about it in Spain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was at the the Arnold in Spain, and there was God had been a hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, uh, about Brazil.
0: Yeah, well, Brazil would be crazy.
1: Brazil. I mean,
0: how about the Middle East?
1: Dubai, yeah. K- <laughs> Kuwait, <laughs> I mean, show yeah. in Kuwait. I mean, you could you could legit you could legit do it anywhere. I mean, you could imagine if you put it in in Beijing or Shanghai. Yeah, or
0: it's sk- just you know New York City. I felt like was always a great spot too. I mean, it is expensive to host it there, but like before the pandemic, I think New York was like man. That's when they had it at Madison Square Garden. That was the last what ninety eight. Yeah, but Vegas is st- is still the king, man. Yeah. Vegas is uh, not just because I live here, but like, you know, all like there's a reason the biggest UFC fights are here and some of the biggest boxing it's the matches and capital of the world. Like the, the Raiders, the Raiders game was the most uh viewed. They said since I don't know what it broke records as far as people watching the Raiders game for Monday night, the opening night. Mm-hmm. It was wow. crazy.
1: Uh let's see. Jay, how have you dealt with injuries through the years, and what do you think is key to longevity from a bodybuilding perspective?
0: Tissue work, tissue work, stretching, taking care of your body, hydration. We talked about water. Um, You know, staying pliable. Remember, a flexible muscle is going to expand more. And I think that, you know, the harder the muscles get, the harder they work. So you need to keep everything f- flexible, pliable, and uh you know, just take care of your body, but hydration is super, super important. You know, someone like you that doesn't drink enough, you need to drink.
1: My arms are an extreme weak point. Should they still be trained at least once a week for 40 sets, like you've mentioned in the 12 to 15 rep range or more often?
0: I think twice a a week. I would just do different exercises. I would, you know, focus on 12 to 15 reps or 20 reps depending, but, um, I would definitely focus on different movements in order to stimulate, you know, if you're, your body does get used to the same thing too much. So I would definitely, uh, you know, try to switch it around. And ideally, if you had a different gym to train at with different types of equipment, and you know, that's the, the kind of the universal thing today is there's so many different machines. You know, you're not just limited to bicep curls with dumbbells or barbells or cables. There's a lot of different variation machines now that, you know, can kind of uh, simulate all those free weight movements that give you a different type of resistance and angle.
1: For your prep heading into a competition, at any point did you have any problem fat storage or watery areas that you had to deal with? And what
0: did you find worked best for you? Hell yeah, my lower back. My lower back. So I would saran wrap around my midsection, you know, use some preparation H on there. I talked about that, put a belt on and I would do the stairs that way and I would just try to flush that water out. I I didn't I don't really know if it works, but Definitely holding that heat in, you know, it's going to help chew away at those, those fat cells. And, but there's nothing better than good old fashioned hard diet and combined with cardiovascular and, Mm -hmm. you know, fish was definitely one of the things, proteins that I ate because fish definitely, um, it works. No, it works better with, um, you know, keeping your insulin levels down, you know, it, it, you know, and you want to have, you know, your insulin levels a little lower so you can, uh, you know, tap into body fat and it doesn't, you know, spike up and and cause storage. And the last question was actually from Matt Jansen. He messaged it.
1: How did Jay saved and invested his money and when did he start to prioritize
0: oh, it? Oh, man, I started early, man. I started at 17. Um, Listen, I always had good advisement. I always had the fear of, of being broke. I mean, we talked about that. So... You know, I was able to, I, I would have to give the most credit to, number one, I had a great business mentor named Bruce Vartani. when I first started out, I used to mention him in the magazines and he was kind of a real estate guy and he did heating, air conditioning. And, you know, he was always talking about how to save money and, you know, things will come later in life, but just be smart. He helped me negotiate contracts. And then it transitioned when I was able to go to California, there was this accountant who still was my accountant um, that was – you know, very, very, uh, uh, he, he knew a lot about how to, you know, work financially and save as an athlete because he worked with athletes. And that's, you know, who actually pushed me to go to Las Vegas. And, you know, I started putting money away and, you know, did define benefit plans and IRAs and, you know, which some people question, but it, it helps with deference of tax dollars. And and then, of course, you know, pushed me towards a real estate investment. Chris Asita was a big influence on that. Uh, was able to make a lot. Everyone of money thinks that.
1: that Chris Accido is just a diet guy. No, but no, he's he a, you know he taught real me estate he taught me
0: about real estate and I, you know that was kind of my jump in Las Vegas and you know I I, re- I started just getting in and buying a lot of properties here and I was able to flip things, make some money, invest it, and you know just kept rolling into different uh, different areas and to this day, I mean, I still look at deals every day, but I think you know for me. I never, I never had debt after a certain point um, that I couldn't handle. I mean, everyone has debt, right? They always take loans or whatever. I mean, if you can borrow money and it's good money, you know, that's the smartest thing I suggest to do. But at the same time, you know, you have to be have an interest in what you do; otherwise, it's not going to be as successful. And that's why, like, I've gotten into supplements and, you know, I've gotten involved with the things that I do. I mean, because I actually enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. And, you know, the bodybuilding, I was able to make a great living with it. But I was, I never lived beyond my means. Like, I remember I would budget even in the beginning, like eating out once a week. And that transitioned, obviously, into greater things. But at the same time, like, I still live on budgets, you know. Um, where I could go out and buy anything I really wanted, but, you know, I don't go beyond a certain point. And with me, like, you learn that as you transition through life also, things become uh, less important, and you put time and effort towards other things. So I think, you know, for me, you know, I always live like I'm broke, if that makes sense. We talk about it all the time. So I always make that joke because I never wake up in the morning and think, oh, I made it. I always say, okay, I gotta get further ahead, you know, it's all about building the brand and just continuing to strive and and really just, you know, looking at, you know, what I started at. And I think that's like the fear of being broke, it's like the fear of losing the Mr. Olympia, it's the fear of being not a great bodybuilder or the fear of so and so coming up and beating you. I don't care what anyone says, I always might have said like, Hey, I'm only concerned with myself. I was always concerned about everyone around me, even the last place guy. And I think, you know, for me, you know, keep yourself humble, but at the same time, like you got to have a little balls to do some things sometimes. Yeah. So like at certain times in my life, like I'm a little more resistant because even like right now, I'm not like jumping on opportunity. I'm kind of waiting to, to watch things. And once I'm ready to go, I'll pull the trigger. You know, I just kind of found that, that rhythm. And I've just kind of kept that going all along. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I don't know really what what I wake up every day. And, and if I didn't have something to strive for, I would be bored out of my mind. You know, I'm, I'm retired from bodybuilding, so I'd have to find the next best thing. So that's why it's been kind of cool to, uh, you know, focus on the business side and chase, you know, different things that I want to get involved in. And, you know, in 10 years, I expect to be involved in 10 other things. You'll still be broke. Still be broke. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's our question every day. So, you know, always, always push yourself, but at the same time, never be satisfied. Yeah. I think that's the the key, and I think it's the good way to end it. Is that, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm never satisfied. I never was when I was a bodybuilder, and to this day, I'm still not. And you know, even even
1: for me, sometimes like, like sometimes I think about just taking a vacation, and I feel like. Well, we talked about this today. Yeah, like I feel like if I do, like like I'm sometimes I feel like I'm cheating myself, or like just the littlest things. I feel like I always have to be doing something that is progressing me, and I know it's not healthy to always. That's all I know, but I have to, you know, I, I I need to learn how to like slow down a little bit and go, hey man, let me. Enjoy. I have came a long ways. I can still enjoy it without realizing I'm still not where I want to be.
0: See, if you were an influencer or someone like me, like that's the cool thing about being a brand is like you make money no matter where you go. So like yeah. I can go to Puerto Rico or I can go to Dubai more than likely I'm going to go and make some sort of revenue because I'm there and I think, okay, I'm going, why don't I meet up and do a meetup or do a yes. gym appearance, whatever. But at the same time I can film Instagram or I can film yeah. YouTube and indirectly that, will somehow build the brand, right? Because people will see they're interested in it. That's what interests people. Yeah. Like we sit and do this podcast and like people want to know the insight because they can watch the videos I mentioned. Go on YouTube and watch, you know, Cut Above and you know, all access. I didn't talk. I didn't talk. So the most the most uh, I was most resistant on camera until now. And that's what people love. So you know, you can talk about like successes and everything else. You know, people want to know what type of person. And that's what's going to build more fan base and people to follow us because that's relatable. Yeah. Because a lot of people are introverts and a lot of people are scared to step out of their comfort zone. And here we are, you know, getting. I I had to beg you to do this. I had to beg you to get on a cam on a camera. I had to beg you to get on a microphone and tell a little bit. And there's so much more to tell, which is really cool. And that's why I'm excited for the more episodes. And uh, yeah. You know, that's uh that's our wrap for, for uh, episode seven. seven. Yeah. And, uh you know, we'll have some pretty cool stuff for episode eight. So we appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys like, su- subscribe, share, and please, please comment on this video because yeah. this is what is going to build this thing beyond. And uh, we appreciate all the amazing responses. We're trying to get to 10,000 subs. Should we, should
1: we do some type of giveaway if, if there's X amount of comments? You think this one can get up to, uh, let's see, you were asking for what? Five hundred on on the JTV one. You said if it gets five hundred, so we'll do half of it. See if we can get two fifty. If we do two fifty,
0: we'll pick somebody. I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to sign a Jay Cutler signature belt. I think that's a good item. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's a great item. So I'm going to sign. I have the leather. Comments. I have the leather Jay Cutler belt, and I'm going to uh, give that away. And I'm going to sign it personally to our winner. Yes, and I'm going to send you a Jay Cutler belt. So I think we hit. I think three hundred. 300? I want okay. 300 comments. And 300. I want I I don't want the comments to just be like, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, legit like, comments. Like talk about, hey, you know, maybe some questions, what you would like to hear, know How about. about.
1: The best question that you find the most interesting, mm-hmm. you're going to give them, we'll give them the belt, as long as there's 300 comments, the best question. And we'll,
0: and we'll shout out the person's name. Yes. We'll feature the name and we're actually going to, because uh, we'll somebody's sign. somebody's going to ask something. You're like, damn,
1: no one's ever asked. Yeah, me yeah. That.
0: So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sign the belt on uh, yep. on the next one, and I'm gonna give it away to that person. So perfect, and we're out. So appreciate it.